Hello, friend. Come on in. Yes. We get back to leeches. Officers Nightingale and Keith are bouncing so much with excitement that they're shaking my desk. Thank you. <laughs> All right. Let's get to it. Article 22. What goes unsaid? How are you approaching it now? Jesse is in get out of here mode. He's taking both oars and it's like, everybody, shut up. It's my turn to drive. <laughs> so help me God, I will turn this rowboat around and that's exactly Monica what I'm doing. Just, no! <laughs> I'm gonna fucking sail like I've never sailed a rowboat in my life. <laughs> this is gonna be the craziest ride you've ever been on. This is like Disney World Space Mountain. You don't know what's happening here because you have the blinky lights of the swamp. You have the crazy rickety wooden roller coaster ride. You've got the fear that you're going to die and that you're going to fall out, which is kind of the same thing. I'm so ready. Jesse is just Walt Disney, but way, way less problematic. <laughs> so resolve and sailing. Perfect. Take two for flair. Wayland, what is your approach to this? Well, I've got my gun now. You do have your gun now. Skill is going to be aim. And then as far as the trait is concerned, I think I'm still going to stick with brawn. I think the weapon that I loaded probably would have been Grela. In the rowboat? You wouldn't load a pistol? Oh, that makes sense. Grela's a rifle. You just pull out the rifle and Jesse and Mama Coke are like, well, okay, okay. That's fair. Well, no, yeah. Okay. Watch where you're pointing that. Yeah, I think it's probably a pistol. Definitely going to try and take a shot with that this time. Sounds like you're just doing your whaling thing, guns akimbo. So take two for flair. Would eagle eyes count in this situation? Yeah, I think eagle eyes would count in this situation, considering you need to see what you're firing at. Fantastic. Zoe, tell me. Yeah, I'll tell you. What? I am navigating rough waters, correct? Mm-hmm. Does Wheelman come into play here? Ooh. A bonus die to navigate rough waters. Yes. Wheelman would work here. Well, but I also get plus one to my initiative because of quick reflexes sailing. So I have three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Oh, Deadeye also applies because I'm using a pistol. Mm-hmm. In this brand new round of the action sequence, on top of the big leech, there are now six... Little leeches you got to take care of. Coming over from the first round is Guardian Helper? Question mark, As well as the continuation of Mama Coco gets knocked out of the boat. She is still technically not safe. And since Jesse is out of the water, the leeches will not swarm him. That is what is remaining for round two. There is a group of leeches. There are six of them. And they will deal their strength in wounds to whomever is around, if not taken care of. It will take six raises to get rid of them. Well, Pat, that's all you, buddy. Mm. If you're going to spend hero points to help each other, now would be a good time. Yes, 100%. I will spend my last hero point to help Jesse. Whatever you got, set the fucking things on fire and just unleash hell. You want me to light my own body on fire? You're hot enough. <laughs> His shirt is ripped open and there are tiny prick marks that are like bleeding. A bigger version of Mama Coco's bite mark. Also, I'm a bit busy rowing the boat. Fair enough. 
You pick her up, and I will get us the fuck out of here. Are you spending any hero points for me, or are you all out? <laughs> Patrick, am I all out? Of course <laughs> I'm not out. And maybe I'll spend a hero point to help you. I'm not sure. Yeah, okay. <laughs> I guess I'll spend one of my silly hero points. I think we were probably in the middle of a ship battle with another pirate ship that was trying to board us. And Wayland was taking shots and Jesse was like, yeah, okay, also save this person because I'm also helping you. I'm busy. Yeah, exactly. On that day, Wayland learned how to multitask. On that day and that day only. I love it. Write yourself three extra dice. Roll the bones. Alrighty. Oh, that's a lot of stuff. For the record, the leech has six raises. Do you want to activate Mama Coco's virtue? Do I want to activate Mama Coco's virtue? <laughs> you want to activate Mama Coco's virtue? That is entirely up to you. I mean, I feel like this is a good time to show it off. Well, I don't believe I'm going to be bringing up any grudges. <laughs> count, uh, count, <laughs> count, it, count it up. Let's do it. You see, yeah, so that means I can't use mine, right? No, that's only with the ship. Oh, so if I if I had any grudges with these these leeches, then then yeah, I would absolutely grant that to you. But this is the first time you've ever met the leeches, so how can you hold a grudge against them? <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna do that. I'm gonna activate her virtue. The leech loses three raises, and you both gain three raises. Three of our dice count as raises, or we gain additional raises. We get three raises. Should take three dice. Just add them. Lovely. So, Jesse, how many raises you got? I have eight and act on nine. You now have 11 raises, but you act on 12. I sure do. So I have 11 raises because I realize that I'm using aim, which is rank four, which means sets of 15 are two raises. Yep, absolutely. Is that including the three? Yes. Cool. And no remainders from either of you, yes? I got nothing. None left over. Of bitches. I'm at one measly danger point. <laughs> Killing me. I still have three hero points. Pan fucking tastic. Thank you, Mama Coco. You're the best. She's pretty great, gotta say. She is. Reason why I hired her. Mm-hmm. Rest of that conversation with Waylon's gonna go interesting. That conversation didn't really continue. Yeah, because we got interrupted. So Mama Coco and Wayland are going to have more of a, a heart-to-heart as time goes on. Jesse's going to be like, so what were you talking about before I arrived? Uh, nothing. I was passed out, and then I woke up to leeches. That is exactly what happened. Nothing else. <laughs> so it is round two. Round two. Fight. Wait. Jesse, you have 11, but you act on 12, so you're going first. Jesse, get your ass over here. Uh, meanwhile, Jesse's like right in front of her holding up. I'm, I'm here. Good. And she shoves the oar in front of you. Give me a gun. You're not using it. He reaches over and hands Ferris and Bramble. Don't lose this. Otherwise, you're fired. There is a new consequence on the scene. Oh, God. But she loses Bramble. There is a big, nasty leech in front of you that is very angry, as well as six 
smaller leeches that are the size of your arm swimming up to the boat. What's the next initiative number? The next initiative would be Wayland at 11. I'm going to spend four races. Okay. Mm. And I'm going to move us the fuck away. Jesse's arms turn into like the... It's like the fucking Captain Hook thing where the oars are touching, but the rowboat is lifting up off. Yeah. Chaos. You start fucking rowing and just going as fast as you can. The leech is getting some distance, but then it slams down in the water and starts to slither and follow you. It's keeping pace. We are down to 11, which is Wayland. Yes. All right. As we are quickly moving away, Wayland is going to look up and cut one of the vines so that it falls in the boat. And to raise for that. And then as it falls, it's going to grab it and loop it around Mama Coco. So I will spend another raise for that. And then what did you say I needed to do to use the gun? Two raises, right? Well, now that you're using aim, it's not out of your approach. Oh, yes. So now it's just one. One to one. Yes, one to one. And then pulls out the gun with the other hand and fires. Ow! Oh, oh. Fucking uh-huh. running next time, Wayland. Wayland, you're not fucking uh-huh. head loud noises. <laughs> Wayland, with his bandana still pulled over his ears. This is why you wear earplugs. Uh, what? What did you say? I said this is why you wear earplugs. So you're down to eight. Yes. Okay. Can I spend one more raise to say that the echo of the shot draws the guardian closer? You're going to use guardian helper question mark? I'm going to get the Guardian's attention of like, oh, a weapon was just fired. Okay, well, something's going on. We need to guard. You see in the woods this lumbering, gallivanting thing with a big giant deer skull that has glowing green eyes. By the gods, what is that thing? Jesse, you see it? Honestly, I couldn't even tell if I wanted to. Okay. I fell into its house, apologized, and left, and it followed me. I got nothing. Right, that's no, that's good. So we're down to sevens, and Jesse gets to go as if he has eight. So Jesse, it's your turn again. Hooray. Jesse, you notice that Mama Coco's having a rough time. A gun was just fired right next to her ears, and I've already established that she's blind, so she relies on her ear. Mm, no. She can't hear anything. Waylon's putting his fucking gun away after that. Stupid, stupid, stupid. So she's got the sword in her hand and she's holding her ears. As you're rowing, she's losing her balance. You spent four raises real quick. Two of those raises are Ferrisin goes to slash with Bramble. She kind of loses her grip a little bit. So the sword begins to fall. And with the oar, Jesse sweeps it up and smacks it is up in the air. It spins. Oh, God. And Mama Coco is about to fall in. Please be careful. What? She sits down, flat on her ass on the bottom of the boat, holding her ears in clear distress and pain. And then it lands like between her legs. <laughs> the other two raises are with both oars. He's going to take them and he's going to jam them into the leeches. <laughs> slap. And slap the fuck out of that bitch. That slaps. <laughs> you... Flip them in your hands so that the flat end is now perpendicular with the water and the leeches, and you slap down really hard. And when you slap them, shrivel up and become moss again. Huh. 
and there's two left out of the group of six. The last two continue to follow the boat. There's just these little patches of moss just sitting in the water. Little green toupees. And then the big leech comes churning through and we just see them get pushed aside by the wave. So you have three raises after that and you act on four. Wayland, we're at seven. All right, this is going to be interesting. So Wayland, seeing that, I'm going to spend two raises for the last two that are in the water. I'm going to it'll douse the fire, but I'm going to stick the flat end of the hook into the water so it's like sideways. Snag one of the leeches and flip it back and slam it on top of the other one. I love it. Okay. And then I will spend two more. Just hit it twice on the head. Go away! <laughs> we are at threes. Jesse, you act at four. I don't have four races. I have three. The way how the initiative works is that you act at four. So the leeches are at three. They're going to go right after you. Okay. I'm going to spend two raises to slap that bitch. Uh, leech. <laughs> <laughs> Jesse is gonna slap the leech. And I'm gonna spend one raise to keep fucking rowing. Okay. I get us to row city. You lean forward over Mama Coco, reach the oar out all the way to the tip. Wayland ducked. <laughs> slap the leech and you hit it right in the snout. And it rears up and makes that terrible noise again. And there's blood everywhere. I'm going to spend a danger point. And then the whole thing shakes and turns red. It was this like dark blue, almost black color. We've reached its second form. You've reached berserk mode. Oh, no. Activated self-destruct. It's just gonna start beeping rapidly. It, it rages, dives under the water and comes up in front of the boat. It is now its turn. It is going to spend two raises, bringing it down to one, to widen its body was a neat little tube and now it's like a fin Bankeku. there are these tendrils on its stomach that begin to open up like a cage it's blocked the boat and it's just gonna lower itself as fast as it can to slap on top of the boat all right i suppose it's also almost dead we still have forward motion correct Waylon's going to take his hook staff and he's going to do like attacking maneuver in the rowboat. So he's going to stick the hook staff into the muck and turn us on a dime just enough for us to like scooch out of the way in a diagonal, missing the leech as it comes down. That is unfortunately out of your approach. You're going to have to spend one extra raise for that. So it'll be two to avoid. Just spend two raises. You got one raise left. Let's finish this. And... I will spend the last raise for the guardian helper. Okie dokes. You slam your staff into the mud at the same time that you hook the oar on that side so that you have both of them, not just your staff. And you turn immediately on a dime. And the leech slams down, rumbles in discontent, and then the guardian launches itself from the land lands on the leech's back and just starts tearing. And uh, yeah, you get the fuck out of dodge. With the sound of 
screeching, squelching. Jesse reaches over and pulls Bramble out of the rowboat. Sheets up. It's a little splurt of water. Waylon moves Mamakoko's hands out of the way over her ears and puts his own hands there, crosses his fingers, starts doing a snapping motion against her head, which, if you suffer from tinnitus, that's how you fix that. I am so sorry. We're just going to do this for a little while. And you guys get out of there. We're going to jump ahead a little bit in time to not being in danger, not being in the swamp, and you guys head back to ship uh, Raz. He leans over the side. <sighs> Bring us up, please. See, si, Capitano. Thank you. And Elliot has been sitting there on the deck, writing down what he was doing during his adventure. Looks up to see all of you, covered in swamp water. Jesse with a big giant circle of teeth. Mama Coco with one on her hand, holding her ears and popping her jaw. Wayland covered in vine gunk in the splash of whatever from the swamp. Some other things. We're not quite sure. His hair is kind of stuck in one place. The braids just come completely loose and his hair is just like hanging down as Wayland just collapses on the deck. Fuck today. Elliot looks up at all of you and, uh, where were you? Shh. We, we ain't gonna talk, talk about, about it. it. Ask us about it in like two hours. Everybody's unharmed, for the most part at least, and safe. So what do you do? So at this point, Jesse is walking back into his quarters. As he walks in, he instinctually pulls his hat and his coat off, sets them aside, and undoes his sword belt, puts that off as well. And as he goes to pull off his shirt, he hesitates. He will carefully remove his bitten-up shirt. Kind of winces as it scrapes over the bite mark. Pours a glass of whiskey. And as he's buttoning up his other shirt, for some reason instinctually looks back to his desk. Where the broken glass and the small pool of blood are. And he walks over to it. Hmm. Curious. Jesse, as you're looking at the glass and the blood stain, you recognize the pattern. And you look down at your own glass and realize it's part of the set that you usually use for guests. And that's when the camera does a fast zoom into Jesse's face as his eyebrows rise. And he remembers something that happened earlier that day. He sends Lucy up to her little hole in the wall to get all cozy and comfy and to head to bed. She chirrups in soft protest, but eventually goes to bed. And he sits back down. Bramble and his pistol and his belt are sitting on the table and he's eyeing it. I think it's about time you and I had a talk. And he stands up and he pours a glass of whiskey, places it down, pours another glass of whiskey, and places it down to its diagonal. And he goes over to the windows. You may come aboard my ship just this one so we can talk. Mad Maeve. Mad Maeve. 
Mad Maeve. You're very attuned to when the wind changes. You always have been since you were born. And even now, more so with your gift. There's a chill in the air. Something feels wrong. And he turns around. And Mad Maeve, in full regalia, with a poet's shirt, ratty green suede coat that once had brilliance to it is now long gone. Black slacks, knee-high boots, and a wicked smile on her face. Uh, an eye patch over her eye. And by eye patch, I mean a ratty piece of black cloth that has been tied to her face. Welcome. She reaches over, picks up the whiskey glass. Is that new? Yes. Yeah. Do you like it? You should thank your bird. She takes a sip and puts it down on the table. You said you know something about the man known as Samuel Flint. Something? <laughs> I know many things. But you seem determined to find them out all on your own. Well, things have changed and my plan is... In need of a bit of editing, so here we are. And we are here. So, what can Mad Maeve do for you? There are a couple of things I want to know. Most importantly, you don't know how this works, do you? <laughs> I would have thought he would have told you everything about it. Ah, listen, this is the rub, Captain. You can summon me once if you say my name thrice and a glass of whiskey's my only price. You did that. The whiskey's... It, I've had better, but, you know, it's fine. And since I'm here, and you've paid the price, you get to ask me one question. Any question you want. Absolutely anything. That I might know, of course. And you already know that I can't lie. So think carefully about what you're going to ask me. Because you only get one. And after that question's answered, I'm gone. <laughs> Savvy? He nods. Well, all right then. And she takes a larger swig of the whiskey. Continue. I'm surprised you're not willing to tell me everything you know about him. You seem so obsessed about him in a different way than I am. She smiles really wide. And her jaw cracks to the left and right, and you hear it, you hear that snap, snap. Before I was mad, I would have told you everything, because I would have had the freedom to do so. But because I am Fay now, I don't have a choice. You were once human, but now you are Fay. <laughs> Did not think that was possible. Oh, if only I was born a normal human. <laughs> no, I'm half. The unfortunate offspring of a fae and a human. But taboo, really. But here I am. And she takes out a knife and starts tearing her fingernails with it. Does that not mean you can have... The freedom of humanity? 
Freedom of choice? Freedom of will? Ha! I can have a taste, but I can't have the whole meal. Pardon my ignorance, I'm not privy to the goings-on of the Fae. I won't. I'm a Varagosta, I am a... <laughs> an uncultured man, some might say. Oh, now, Captain, don't sell yourself so short. I would say you're the most cultured of them all. And others would say that as well. But we're not here to talk about me. Samuel, you say that he still lives. I feel it. I feel it. Do you? A part of me, yes. That part? Her eyes and the camera look at your hand. Not exactly, but more of a feeling than anything solid. It's a shame that feelings can only go so far. So what is it, Captain? What do you want to know? Uh, everything. He starts to chuckle. I I want to know everything. But that's not exactly how this works. Nope. What do you think could be the most useful to me? She stops fiddling with her fingers and actually looks up at you. Because you know he's alive. Wait. Assuming that Wait. you also know where he is. Shut up! Did you just give me a choice? What can I say? I am a man of many kindnesses. I'm not sure that's a word, but we're gonna go with it. She runs her tongue along her teeth, but her canines are way too fucking long and sharp. You? You gave me a choice! <laughs> I don't know if this is a good thing or a bad thing, but here we are. You know not what you've done. <laughs> she actually leans back in her chair and has this thoughtful look in her eyes. Look, Audra. Yes! Not my name. And that weird half-demon face that you saw in Makaro washes over the entirety of her face for a second and then comes back underneath the bandana. What's in a name, Maeve? Power. <laughs> so I've heard. Insult me like that again, and you'll have no answers. Ask your question. My patience is wearing thin. I know that you hate him, as I do. You can tell me some context between the two of you, no? I guess that wouldn't be breaking any rules. Not, it is purely history. Oh, all right. I'll give you some context. Especially if we have a common goal. Yes, yes, yes. Sounds like you want him dead. Or worse. I want his heart. Ah, so you've had a history with this man. Since we were littler. Yes. Remember how I told you I didn't have any human freedoms? Well, being part fae means that I need to have a purpose. I need to have a reason. Even though it's only half a reason, it's still a reason. And so, I was bound to Samwell Flint. By marriage? Uh... <laughs> ah, that's funny. No, nothing as trivial as that. A promise. An innocent promise. One of the most powerful promises that exists. You know what I mean when I say promise, right? Yes. Somewhat. Uh, Alright, I'll explain it to you. Listen very closely. 
We fay deal in absolutes. The sun must rise. The stars must glitter. The world must turn. These are absolutes. They just are. And because we deal in absolutes, we cannot lie. We fay are made of magic and the truth, and therefore, what do you think unbinds us? Oh, not magic and not the truth. <laughs> a promise is a truth that you humans give to us fay, and we expect that. It is a piece of our essence because we are, in fact, made of truth. So, what do you think happens when you break a promise? You break us. But of course, being half fey myself, I needed a reason to exist, and so I foolishly made a promise with a knight. And as long as I served my knight, my promise was fulfilled, and I could live out my days in pure, unadulterated bliss. Much how Wayland serves through Paga, yes? I suppose, but it's a little bit different. You see, the mantles choose their knight. And the reason they get to choose their knight is because they are technically not fey. They are ideals of what was once a human. They've just transcended. So Samuel was, is a knight. A disgraced knight. Yes. He broke his geisa like he broke his promise with me. <clears throat> a geisa, if you don't know, is just a code of conduct. Much like how I have to follow Fey rules, they have to follow their own credo. And if they don't do it, well, then they are disgraced and their mantle leaves them to go find a better, more suitable person. Someone who might be more worthy than the person before. And everything was great for a while there. Everything was clear and simple. And her voice starts to tone down from the crazy, back into a proper Avalonian accent. And her eye, which was a dull, deep sea green, starts to brighten and get a little vivid as a green light comes by the window and it brightens her eye a little bit. I soon found that my reason became my purpose. And I understood more clearly that though I would never have true freedom, as you would, I would know what it felt like, because I had a reason, and my reason was love. And then it snaps right back. Her smile quirks up immediately, and her head jerks to the side. Yes, a purely human emotion, a weak emotion. But I almost had it. I was almost fully human. But then he took it from me. So he didn't steal your heart, he broke it. He couldn't break it if he didn't steal it. Did he steal it or did he break it? She smashes her fist on the table and hits the whiskey glass and it shatters into pieces. It doesn't matter. It belongs to me. Yeah. And I will get it back. And it sounds like I'm the only one who can get to him. Because you have not. Not yet. She glares at you. I can't, thanks to you. And your stupid deals and your stupid promises and your stupid, stupid, stupid laws. 
So thanks for ruining it for me. I do hope it's worth it for all the trouble you've been through. How do you know what I've done? <laughs> it's as plain as the look on your face right now. Of course I'd known what you'd done. What do you mean? <laughs> you think that you can hide that from me? No wonder you're so confused. You don't know how anything works. <laughs> Maeve, do not insult me and my own ship. And now we are even. Another thing that we fade you. Anyway, do you mind if I show you? Go on. Could you be a dear and lift up your right sleeve, please? He pulls it up. You pull down your sleeve, and your veins, going past the wrist into the forearm, are black. Every time you use him, he uses you. Perhaps, Maeve. What happens when a tether is cut? A transfer of power, hmm? Only if the vessel is worthy enough to receive it. He turns around and walks back over to the glass. What happens to those who kill devils? Are they better? Do they become that which he hates? There's an old rhyme in Avalon. The devil always gets his due, especially at the cost of you. I can tell you do not fear me. <laughs> that has been a misunderstanding. You presume much for someone who knows nothing. You will learn what to fear. I will be your teacher. He turns. I'm spending a danger point. Maeve stands directly in front of you, and you do not see a human face. That black eye core entirely covers it. And she is smiling with a grin so wide and wicked that it makes the devil look kindly. And her single burning eye is staring at you with such an intensity that it makes the flames of hell seem comforting. And when she speaks, it is so powerful that it sends tremors down your spine grates against your ears, as though her voice is trying to claw its way out of your skull. You cannot teach what you have not learned, though you will see it taught in time. For Samuel Flint is close, you see, and his heart is mine. <laughs> You blink, and she's gone. <sighs> Lucy, can I be honest with you? I'm fucking tired. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to take a nap. And flits over to the window. Uh, all right. Uh, good night. And without even getting comfy, he falls unconscious on top of his bed. And we're back in the moment. The broken glass and Maeve's blood are still on the table. Oh, messy bitch. And he starts cleaning up the glass. He's going to go over to his chest of things and open it up rummage through it and he pulls out a small jar piece of cloth and he throws it down on top of the glass and the blood and pulls the cork off of the jar drops 
cloth in there, corks it back up. I don't know if the Fae believe in luck, but I will find that out for myself eventually. So, it's been a couple of hours. You've had showers, you've cleaned up. Everything's great. Everything's fine. Where are you? In my quarters, cleaning all of the scum and muck out of my goddamn guns. <laughs> Jesse would probably be heading to Wayland to get him to head up to say goodbye to Sedona. They gotta go. Where are you going? That's a good question. I think we should head back to Aragosta. We need to regroup. We need new jobs. Sonia said that you would get half up front and half at Aragosta in the bucket of blood. Ah, great. Have spoken to the crew and said we're leaving today. Yes. Yep. So they're making preparations. We leave in the, like the cover of night. Yeah. I mean, it's already dusk. You want to leave with the tide. So an hour or two before that. Finally finishes getting the last of the gunk out of Grela. The rest of the pistols are half disassembled on his workbench. It's drying on like a cloth. You've got your side of the room and... There may very well be a hammock kind of haphazardly strung up in a corner. I think that's probably the case. I think we haven't quite figured out Elliot's quarters just yet. Elliot is asleep. And when I mean asleep, I don't mean like laying down and all comfy cozy with like blankets and a pillow. He's sitting down, his back up against the wall, one knee up, and there was a book there and his head in the book and his arms down. So what you're telling us is that he's bisexual. (laughs) (laughs) I think that's exactly what we're saying. I think this is confirmed. (laughs) It doesn't get any more confirmed than that. (laughs) Oh, yeah. He is cuddled up with his face in his journal on his knee in the corner. His glasses are like all askew and everything. Willing just looks over. God damn it, Boyle. And he doesn't sleep. That's one of his flaws. Walks over to Elliot, pokes him trying to wake him up. Elliot. We say he doesn't sleep, but when he does sleep, he sleeps hard. Elliot. You hear a very loud pounding on the door. Uh, Master Greywall. One second, Captain. I j- I'm your captain. I can come in whenever I want, and he opens the door. You come in, and Waylon's got Elliot in his arms. Oh, I'm sorry. Am I disturbing a moment here? Shaking his head, rolling his eyes a little bit as he's bringing him over. No, the the boils pass the fuck out. Just plops him into the hammock, takes the book, puts it back in the pile that Elliot has collected of scrolls haphazardly thrown around. We can never let Kazette see this room. She will have a fucking panic attack. You know, I hired you as my master at arms, not master of body contortion, whatever it is. It's fine. Let's go. He'll be fine. He walks over and just gives like a hat on Elliot's chest. <laughs> okay. Good night. <laughs> Let's go, Wayland. And Wayland follows after just shaking his head. He is so cute. Oh no, Elliot. Oh, Elliot. It's like ruffles his hair as he leaves. You take his glasses off? Yeah. I'm sorry, Mother Wayland. Are you, are you done? Sure is the same as the transparent and ghostly captain i hate you sorry that will never happen again yeah, that's never gonna happen again that's an order <laughs> i might have to rewrite the charter just for that 
Have you got everything? Have you got your purse? Wayland actually does have his little, like, satchel. <laughs> I have got my purse. Off we go, then. You guys head to see Sedona. You know you're not his mother, right? You know that? Yeah, I'm... Oh, yes, but I was the one who brought him on the ship. I've... Yeah, but he's also not an officer. I understand. Why is he staying in your room? Do you have a better option? Because I, there's not really much space with the rest of the crew. Yes, there is. There's plenty of space. I just find it easier. Easier to clean and access all the guns when he's passed out, taken up out of the room? Artemy feels the need to look after him. I know. I understand that. I mean, we dragged him on here and he didn't even know we were a pirate vessel until earlier today. Well, and don't forget, you gotta keep an eye on yourself, too. I know. How are you feeling? Everything okay? I keep replaying it in my head. Could have lost you today. In fact, we did for a couple of hours. I don't know. I have my theories. But part of me can't explain it. Whatever happened, you were dragged out. From my perspective, it looked like you died back there. I think for a moment I did. I was in this void, and I heard a song? Someone whistling, I think. I don't know. I woke up to Mama Coco humming a song, so maybe that's all it was. I might have heard something, too. What did it sound like to you? Lucy was chittering. Part of me thinks that maybe they're connected, but then the other part of me is like, ah, coincidence. It's odd. Willand, I think odd is an understatement. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. All right, I just want to make sure that you're focused. There's a lot going on right now, and I would hate to see any of that fall to the wayside if you weren't being smart about what we were doing. I believe in you, and I trust you. You are my master at arms. And you're my best friend. I couldn't have done most of this shit without you. Waylon claps Jesse on the shoulder and just kind of gives him a warm smile. And you're mine. You're right. I need to take better care of myself and get my head clear. It's been a long day. And I am here for you. To the best of my ability. I hope so. I am peeing you. <laughs> He just kind of, like, gives him a, a punch in the shoulder. Is that a conflict of interest? I don't... I think it's fine to be friends with your boss. I think that's... Well, that's all right. Is that all we are as work friends? Is that all you see us as? No, 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 no. Oh, my God. No, no. I phrased that poorly. I gotta get out more, which I don't know. I'm not sure how that's possible, because I'm literally always out. That's, like, my thing, is that I'm out. I don't see much of a separation, though. Like, I'm... I don't like looking at it like that. I don't really look at it that way either. We're family. The whole crew is. And I think that bond develops over time. Well, my friendship with you is separately tied from the coin I pay. Aye. I've never really put those two things together. I've never considered that a package deal. You could not pay me and I would still be your friend. Okay. Okay, wait, wait, hang on. <laughs> I'm not saying I don't want to get paid. I'm just saying that in the event... That, you know, we're struck up on hard times. I, I don't think that I'm necessarily going in. I still, I still like you. What was that? And that's when you guys finally have stopped walking and you made it to the cottage. Nothing? Oh, hey, look, we're here. I love you. You're an asshole. Right back at you. <laughs> there are several lanterns set up these cast iron posts. Sedona is out and about. She's dressed in poet shirt, tight pants, tall boots. It's very atypical swashbuckler. 
and she is doing dances and forms. One, step, two, step, three, step, four, step. She's going slow as you guys walk up to her. Good evening. Are you planning on a night in the town? Uh, visitors, perhaps? And she swirls her sword and points it in between both of you. And smiles and she's that. Despite my illness, I continue to practice every single day. As Miguel has taught me. And today has seen me strong enough to step outside. How are you? Well... Wayland is alive. And significantly less swampy now. He's a little swampy. Don't tell him. I'm right here. Oh, apologies, Master Greywell. You look dashing tonight in the darkness. Glad to see I. That was to Wayland. Oh, that was to Wayland. <laughs> yes! Yes! Oh, Redemption! finally. Redemption! Oh, how the tables turn, baby. <laughs> oh. I'm sorry. <laughs> I feel vindicated. Oh, yeah, way to assume that Jesse thinks his mom is dashing. <laughs> way to assume that Jesse thinks his mom's hot. Wait, wait. wait. <laughs> his mom is oh, hot. Okay. <laughs> this isn't Game of Thrones. It's not that kind of story. Oh, boy. You know what? Just Thank you, Captain. I so appreciate it. There's like a smile on Wayland's face, like, duh, thanks, buddy. As sarcastic as that might have been. Yeah, we're, we're good. Glad to see you are well and safe. Would you like to come inside? Have a cup of tea? Yeah, preparing to head out. Your mother looks down at the ground, nods solemnly. I see. And where is your next adventure? I think it's time to head back to Aragosta, reconvene, and... I think we need a chat with Bonaventura. I see. What about, if you don't mind my asking? Scarlet Fleet is out there looking for us, and we need to do something about that. That is troublesome. But do not forget that the ATC is still working against you. They are still trying to find a way to secure themselves a divine purpose. Well, I suppose you can be worried about two things at once. Anxiety's a bitch. The ATC isn't actively hunting us. They haven't been hunting the Rose for about a year, a bit more. Sedona's face falls a little bit. What? What's not looked for? Sedona sits down on the wide bench in front of the cottage and beckons you to come closer. Take a seat on either side. Miho. Five years ago, a financial ticket him across my desk. Now, I had signed many before, and the only reason it caught my eye was because it had your name on it. They knew you were sailing again, beneath La Rosa Blanca, and they wanted to put a stop to you. And so they were to send an agent to assassinate you, on Aragosta of all places. That's when I made the deal. I signed it to allay suspicion. But something happened to that agent, and I dare not think what. But it was stopped. To your credit, they paid handsomely for this agent. 
And so for them to up and perish in the way that they did, they then sent their best to hunt you down and sink you. They sent the Relentless after you. I had tried to keep tabs on it, but if it had nothing to do with financials, I didn't really get to see. Only through reports that I got from my people on the outside did I hear that you disappeared into a storm with the Relentless hot on your heels. And only the Relentless returned, and I didn't hear anything and thought you lost. Until one of my contacts on Makaro sent word. Now if I can receive word about your whereabouts, so can't the Relentless. If it hasn't started hunting you again, it will soon. Well, I have escaped the ATC before. I will do it again. I have no doubt in your ability to escape the Relentless Miho. You doubt my ability to stay alive? You have been quite reckless. You've already died once. And the only reason I came back is because I meticulously planned my own death, Miho. It is unpleasant at best and truly fatal at worst. I don't recommend it as a first option. Wayland looks off into the middle distance. I wouldn't know anything about that. Gee, don't say. <laughs> <clears throat> Do you doubt our ability to stay safe? No, I don't doubt your abilities at all. Either of you or your crew. Clearly, you've arrived here in one piece. Well, Jesse, your mother looks at your hand and smiles and looks back up at you. Mostly. But I have insight now. I know they will stop at nothing. Well, nothing will stop me. I suppose maybe we should talk about what happened in the Solus. Yeah, we could have been tied to that ship. Could have been a lot of things. Never knew her name in any of the stories, but... Yeah, that was Gonzalez's master gunner. She was old mates with Jonah. Aye. Feels like a lot of that crew is popping up all over the Atbean. And that's a bit concerning. I think when we get back to the Bucket of Blood, might not be a bad idea to look on the wall, see if that chart is still stands, and if so, the other names that are on it. You intend to go after him? I have a reputation to uphold. <laughs> I can't go around failing that now. If you're headed to Aragosta, I have something that needs delivering. Sedona goes inside and comes back out with some really beautiful curtains for Adetokopo. Ah, I'll try not to light these ones on fire. Miho, you have no idea how hard it was to get this shade of blue, even with the ATC's stores at my disposal. We need to get separate curtains specifically for that. Yes. I know. Fire blankets exist. He has multiple sets. I am sure this is preaching to the choir. A letter to Miguel and a patch from her coat to Elijah and hands them to you in a small treasure chest. If you only have room for one, then I will have to pick this one. I would be happy to deliver all three. Gracias, mijo. And she takes a seat again. Is there anything I can do for you before you leave? I think you have done much for us already, and we are greatly appreciative. I just wish there was more that we could do for you. I'm afraid there's nothing you can do for me now, but go through with the deal I wish you hadn't have made. 
We didn't come all this way just to watch you die. Like mother, like son. And she gets a faraway look in her eyes as she's looking at you, Jesse. And she kind of turns her head away and smiles faintly in remembrance. You know, your father had the same levity in these situations. He was always able to crack a joke or when things got dire, you could always count on Sebastian to smile. You, um, you know, you never talked a lot about him. Is that on purpose? See, I didn't want you to get attached to someone who wasn't going to be there for you. But I suppose it's time for you to hear it. To hear what? The story? The truth. Mijo. I can take a walk if you would like. No. Stay. Okay. So we are going to do this in a flashback sequence. And I'm going to do a little bit of exposition. So the camera begins to fade as Sedona begins to tell the story of what happened that night. We skip backwards in time 32 years and X amount of days. And the camera flashes with lightning and we are on a sea that is stormy and not just normal storm hurricane force winds waves 150 feet tall lightning crashing down into the ocean rain beating down against the sails of a ship that is pitching and in that captain's quarters, we see a woman clearly distressed, but also trying to give orders. <laughs> it's Sedona, and she's giving birth to Jesse. And during the delivery, a wave crashes through the captain's quarters, washing everything out onto the main deck. And it's just her holding on for dear life against the main mast with Elijah there tying her to it so that she can't go anywhere and trying to push crates and cannons away from her, bodying them. And attached to one of her arms, holding on for dear life, is a man. Hey, Evan, describe your dad. He is another Castilian man. Tall and slender, very, very long, beautiful dark hair a wonderfully thick curled mustache and eyes of hazily amber gold very well dressed darker skin lighter skin what scale of olive are we talking similar to sedona's maybe a little darker i like to think that jesse is a little bit darker than sedona she was always a little more fair-skinned it's rad he's rad as shit yeah and things are looking very bleak the ship is moments away from capsizing. This gigantic 150-foot wave has built up to the point where it blocks out the sky. It's Hurricane Camilo, the scourge of the Atabayan for several islands. And this man leads in close to Sedona as Sedona is breathing and give out commands and have a baby and try not to die. Sedona, I can save us. Have you lost your mind? How? How can you save us right now? And he just smiles kindly and kisses her forehead and says, I just need to call in a favor. Sebastian, no, no, you can't. 
I'm telling you no, that's a direct order. Just this once, I'm going to have to disobey orders. I love you. And then let's go of her arm. As the ship is pitching, is not holding on to her hand at all. He's just let go. And he slips from her grasp and falls into the sea. And she's screaming, not only because she's in a lot of pain, but because she just lost the love of her life. The camera follows him into the sea. It turns and we look at Sedona as she's screaming, and then it falls and plunges into the sea with him. And he's just floating there and he sees the ship. And then we see something slither from the depths. Something huge and serpentine and winged. And then all of a sudden the storm stops. And the camera floats to the surface. And we hear a baby crying amidst the sudden stop of rain and waves and wind and lightning and thunder. We come back to the present and Sedona is trying very hard not to cry. I watched as your father became prey for Apocotl. Totally not Quetzalcoatl, the winged serpent god in the New World. You know he built me La Rosa Salvaje and subsequently La Rosa Blanca. And before we left Castile, we made a promise to each other that no matter what happens to us, we would go back to the beginning and start anew. That if we ever lost our way, we could always go back home. My only hope is that he is in Sodano, waiting for when all of this is done. Do you remember his name, Mijo? Sebastian Galiel Marcello Fernando de Soldano. See, keep it with you. And if you make it to Thea before I do, perhaps you'll find him waiting for you too. Well, it would be nice to go and visit one day. I'm not gonna lie, I wouldn't mind going back to Thea at some point. Yeah, I'd like to see it. Seems like there could be some interesting stuff there. It's always a new adventure, especially with us. That is true. As you both are talking, uh, Sedona appears to be present, but not here at the moment. Mr. Kansa, I'm sorry for your loss. She is holding something underneath her shirt, almost clutching it a little bit. And she starts from whatever it is that probably stuck in a memory and lets go of her shirt. I miss him dearly. We, um, we're a big fan of making deals, huh? Seems to run in the family, I'm not going to lie. Yeah. Well, hey, we can add this seed dragon to our list. So you've learned that bit of information. Sedona has given you stuff to bring back. And it's about, I'd say, like a good hour later. What is the signal on your ship to signal the crew members to come back? My dad used to whistle the syllables of my name and my brother's name. So he would whistle twice. It'd be like he's yelling, Evan, or Christopher, but instead he'd be whistling it. I think it would be a really loud whistle. Ah, it's time then. Sedona walks up to you, Wayland, and holds out her hand to shake. Yep, Wayland takes her hand. She grips it very tightly and pulls you in. Keep an eye on my son for me. Always. 
And then she takes her other hand, slaps her forearm twice. Good old pirate handshake. And lets you go. And then she goes over to Jesse. I'm glad we found you. And I am very glad to be found. I am only sorry that you had to wait so long. For a very long time, I thought you were actually not with us. She doesn't say anything because she can't. She's so choked up. And she just hugs you. Really tight. Really strong. He hugs you back. She whispers in your ear, Lo siento, mijo. I forgive you. And she lets you go, but has her hands on your shoulders. And she's crying. She takes a wisp of your hair that always seems to like get in your face and tries to push it behind your ear, and yet it just comes right back. <laughs> I love you, Jesse. You too, Mom. I'll see you soon. Yeah. Now, go. Find your horizon. And he goes back in for another hug. I think the horizon can wait. Mother laughs with genuine mirth and love. The camera pans away from that scene. So we fast forward to the ship. Do you guys step up the gangplank? As soon as the captain comes on deck, Captain on deck! And everybody salutes in the way that they salute or bow or whatever it is that they show. I where? <laughs> I don't see him. <laughs> everybody laughs. All right, you assholes, let's get to work. We have a horizon to catch. And you make way. And as you're leaving, the camera lingers on the cliff. And we watch as Sedona walks to the edge of it. And as the flag is raised and the sails unfurl, she waves and smiles. And Luciana gives her one last hug before darting off into the night. Shouldn't the winds take you from home Where horizons fade away Oh, then I will wait forever In my boat by the sea Will you go, Jesse? Yes, friends, I'm afraid that means this is the end of the Sedona arc. But worry not, I have many more. We will have to see what awaits on the horizon for the crew of La Rosa Blanca and our intrepid heroes. Now before we begin the next arc, we might as well take some time to learn a little bit about Jesse and Wayland. If you've listened to all of the notes with the narrator so far, you'll realize that I haven't covered character creation. And that was a fault on me. 
I unfortunately did not have the foresight to record when we created Jesse and Wayland with Evan and Patrick. So, tune in next time, for there will not only be an article, there will also be a notes with the narrator. And as always, thank you for listening thus far. You've been with us for two arcs now, and there are many more to come. We only hope that you've enjoyed the story. We can't wait to see you again. Until then, we'll see you next time, friend. And remember, be safe and well.